Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. I am Chris Tidball, Executive Claims Consultant with Second Look, where we routinely find our insurance clients millions of dollars. On our podcast, we showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. We believe that all of our guests have a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we will reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Welcome to Insurance Claims Innovation. Today we are joined by Tim Trueworthy, Senior Vice President at New York Central Mutual. Welcome, Tim. Hey, Chris. How are you today? Great. Great. And yourself? Well, hanging in there. Good, good. So so tell me, everyone always has a good story uh, on this front. How did you get into the insurance claims space? Well, it was uh, my childhood dream, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you. Huh? <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I live in upstate New York, kind of in a rural area. And my uh, grandmother lived over in Cooperstown, which is about an hour from where I live. And we used to travel by NYCM Insurance on the way to visit her. And was always intrigued by it. I didn't know what it, what that building was or what they did there as a kid. And then finally, I guess it was my senior year of college, I kind of figured it out and applied for an internship there and worked there for one summer. And then as I after I graduated and was seeking employment, they called me to see if I'd be interested in coming back. And I had actually done my internship in the claims department. And I came back and started in the claims department. And that was 30 three years ago. Wow. Kind of been, uh, yeah, just kind of the summer job that never ended for me. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I've, I, you know, having driven by NYCM in the past with a little choo-choo train out front, I could see how, uh, as a kid, that would, that would be quite intriguing. So that's great. So, so you've been in this business for a long time. Um, What do you think are the greatest challenges facing adjusters today? Well, and I know, uh, you know, you shared the questions with me. Um, and I actually think that the, the challenges facing adjusters and the challenges kind of facing the industry are, are very interrelated. I think okay. we're at a time with the, uh, for adjusters where uh, we're in this kind of weird space now where companies are dabbling with new technologies. They're looking at settling claims in ways that are, are different from before. We're looking at, you know, more self-service options, perhaps even low-touch or no-touch type claim processing coming down the road, uh, advancements in AI, uh, creating the ability to leverage that kind of technology to do inspections or, you know, estimate repairs, et cetera. So I think adjusters are uh, in, a, in a time where they're trying to adapt to some of that new technology, but we haven't fully moved in that direction. So they're kind of doing stuff, you know, the old way still. Uh, so I think those are some of the challenges for them is how, how do they move forward uh, with a with that type of a career and how do they remain uh, relevant, so to speak. And I think right. there's plenty of opportunity for that. I think the human element is always gonna be important with uh, claim processing and, and what we do. It's a moment of truth kind of event uh, for, uh, for an, an individual that has purchased insurance and you know hopes to never use it, but when they do, you know they want that that positive experience. And I think companies likewise are also trying to navigate 
how to integrate that technology, how to have it, um, I guess, not only deliver on the customer experience, but also, you know, create efficiencies for them. Uh, some of that technology is expensive. How do they, how do they get the most leverage from it and the most use? How do they get buy-in from employees? As I just said, uh, you know, the change is hard. Uh, you know, people have done things a certain way for a number of years and to think that, you know, some level of technology can replace what you've done. You know, there's some skepticism there that has to be overcome and, you know, really trying to navigate that change management, I think, is is a, a key um, challenge, and a, but also an opportunity for carriers right now. So, I, you know, I think the two are very much interrelated. Uh, it's just trying to navigate that pathway. Yeah, it's it, it, it's tough. It's interesting to watch, you know, having been in the industry for you know a number of years. And I don't I don't know if if, if you're aware of this, but my my youngest is starting next Monday as an adjuster. Oh no! So I didn't know it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how you know how is you know the Gen Z, you know, these younger kids coming into the business, you know, how's that going to differ from the older folks, you know, that have been around the legacy adjusters? And, you know, to your point, I mean, we've done things a certain way for so many years, and all of a sudden there's this technology, and wow, is it going to take my job away? And I think that it won't, because I think to your point is is spot on. You know, there is that need for humans, at least at this point in time. So it'll be interesting to see how the younger generation adapts to a lot of the, you know, the advances that are going on from a technology standpoint. Yeah. So I think if the technology can help us, I guess, expedite the handling of, of some of the more, I guess, routine type claims, if there is such a thing, and, you right. know, and make that self-service option, make it simple and easy. For right. the, you know, the less complicated claims and and reserve our our human capital for those claims that require that human intervention or where people are seeking, you know, the the knowledge of another human and you know perhaps want to talk to them actually on a more complicated claim or correspond right. with a single person on a through email or text or chat. Um, but you know, still having that expertise out there that that can be leveraged on those claims versus you know. Uh, packing their day full of, you know, four hours worth of stuff that might be ripe for automation. So. Yeah, you know, you bring up a really good point. And, you know, in particular, you know, when I think of New York, one of the things I think of is insurance fraud, right, in particular downstate. And so, you know, having people available to investigate those claims is, is going to be critical. You know, what are what are some of the steps that that you're taking to address the fraud problem in, in, in uh, New York? Yeah, we, we've we got a very active uh, special investigation unit. It's comprised of some internal staff that, you know, does some analytics, some case management, some uh, interfacing with the claim departments, and then our uh, early fraud warning people in the claim area. And then we also have field investigators, of course, and a good share of them are located in the, you know, kind of the downstate metropolitan area. And one of them actually is, you know, basically a full-time member of the, an, an NICB medical fraud task force. So we're active there as well. Um, so we, we try to stay active and stay involved and keep those lines of communication open with both the industry and you know, law enforcement and, and such. And, uh, you know, so far, I think we've been you know, pretty successful at that. But the landscape there is changing as well as we move into that low touch, perhaps no touch or self-service type environment where yeah, 
really trying to leverage data and algorithms to to try to identify patterns when you think about you know the 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 number of providers the number of attorneys the number of you know the runners and the stage accident rings that you know those are pretty complicated networks and when you have thousands of claims if not tens of thousands it's hard for one individual to put put patterns together but right. you know as we leverage data and, and analytics in that that realm i think that provides us an opportunity to to really drill down into some of the, those patterns that are created amongst those rings and the you know the the people that are perpetuating that fraud so uh, you know we're we're on the you know the very early stages of developing some of those types of analytics but you know we see the the future is heading that direction for sure yeah have you seen um you know migratory patterns of fraud so for example downstate you maybe you're getting aggressive in a certain area and you you know perhaps some of those players downstate are moving elsewhere in the state are you seeing any of that at, at one point in time i think there's a bit of that going on between you know kind of downstate and western new york um I'm not sure that they're necessarily the same players or perhaps they've diversified enough so that, you know, that maybe behind the scenes, you know, kind of, as I was saying earlier, they've created a complicated enough network that you don't, uh, I guess, apparently see that connection on the surface, but it's really a matter of trying to drill down and find out, you know, who are the true owners of some of these, uh, these, uh, you know, billing companies who are the true owners of some of the provider offices who are, you know, how, how are all those networks managed? And I think, uh, you know, that's done through a combination of analytics and then boots on the ground, you know, really trying to ferret out, you know, who's actually in these, these uh, addresses, these locations, what kind of services are they providing? And, you know, what are we ultimately being billed for? So. Yeah, I, I recall a claim. This was a number of years ago, and we actually were looking at, it was in New York, it was in the Bronx, and it seemed legitimate. It seemed like a legitimate clinic and all that, and when you got down to it, it was actually a vacant building. You know, you yeah. sent someone out there, they went to the physical address, and it was it was just a burned out vacant building. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. So, you know, you know, fraud aside, it seems that everybody in claims seems to have a really funny story about a claim somewhere along the line. Do you have any? I think the the one that comes to mind, this was probably in the, the late 90s, maybe the early 2000s. There was a, one of the early kind of, I guess I'd call it a reality show that kind of, I guess, spotlighted. Uh, it was kind of a, a motorcycle themed show. And in one of the episodes, and uh, you know, I'll try to keep specifics out of it. One of the episodes, the the crew was out in the parking lot and trying to do something crazy with this Ford Expedition, and they had a chain hooked up, and they pulled the bumper off this Ford Expedition, and then lo and behold, the, the following week, and the, you know, it's, this is a nationally televised show, and uh, we received a claim. Uh, and it turned out to be the the people involved in the show that they had put in for some kind of a mishap with their their vehicle, and we were able to get the the video, and it was front end damage and all this, and uh, so we we ended up you know not paying the claim, and uh, you know it never went any further. We we had the video, we had everything, and it kind of went away. But 
the odd part of it was, um, I don't know, it's probably a, maybe a year or two later. And again, I'll go back to the kind of the rural nature of, of this area. I happened to be in down, you know, kind of the lower Catskills, if you will. And I was getting gas and I ran into the guy. He didn't, you know, obviously know who I was or anything, but I was pumping gas next to him at a gas station. And then just a couple of weeks ago, he was actually in my, where I live in uh, upstate New York at a a restaurant sitting outside having dinner and I, we had property in the area but i continue to run into this guy a few different times you know wanna, luckily the anonymity has been a, a benefit so yeah good thing he doesn't know you that, that would make for an interesting conversation so you know insurance in particular claims it continues to evolve you know what do you think claims is going to look like in five to ten years yeah i probably have kind of revealed my hand with some of my prior answers. Um, but I, I really think it's headed in the direction of, you know, the, the self-service option, the pushing information to an insured so they don't have to call or, you know, inquire about the status of their claim. I think it's going to look, uh, you know, much more, like I said, you know, kind of that self-service for the smaller claims. And if I don't need to call anybody, I, I hope I don't have to call anybody. And I hope it just kind of takes care of itself, that kind of a, an approach toward those, those smaller claims, yet having, you know, that personal touch or that human intervention where it's needed or desired by the customer. I think those are, you know, kind of the, where the future's headed. I think leveraging the, the AI, uh, leveraging the algorithms to kind of sift through a lot of data to find the outliers that need to be, you know, slowed down in that, that, straight through processing environment to be kicked out to have somebody put eyes on it before it gets paid you know really, really just trying to leverage data analytics ai um, and triaging claims differently looking for patterns utilizing those uh, but then again needing the boots on the ground to do the verification and, and some of the you know the, the hands-on work that that the technology can't provide so yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where, where it goes. I think there's a lot to be said for the whole self-service model. It seems that, you know, as, as you talk to people, you know, the consumers in general tend to like that, especially the younger generations, you know, they're, you know, they got their, their iPhone attached at the hip and they can go out and do a walk around to their car and upload the photos and they yeah. get a check in the mail or, and, you know, and, uh, you know, a draft, you know, deposited in their bank account. And next thing you know, their car's fixed. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a super easy way to go. You know, I've, I've had the question come up before. Do you, do you think the claims will ever get to the point that you no longer need people, that it will be a fully automated end-to-end -end process? Or do you think you're always going to have to have, at least for some claims, people involved? It, it does seem that way to me. And I, I'm the type that, I, you know, I don't like to, I never say never, you know, kind of a deal. So, you know, I guess my 15 or 20 years down the road, you know, as have things advanced, as AI advanced to the point where it can do some of those things that that we've talked about in this this discussion that they that it can't currently, perhaps. But I do think there are those, you know, as I said, the moment of truth type claims where somebody you know, even even the, the the younger generation that today, you know, on a simple, you know, it's kind of a chore for them to have to call somebody. So they really don't right. want to make that call. But 
then I look at, you know, my own kids and when it's something, you know, serious to them, what, you know, they do want to call, they do want to talk to that trusted advisor, whether it's a, a parent or a friend or, a, you know, an, somebody, an expert in insurance to understand what does this mean? You know, what does this lawsuit mean that I just got in the mail? How do I navigate this? And what's going to happen next? Or, you know, God right. forbid there's an injury, you know, like, well, what is the process? How am I going to get my, my wages paid? Or how am I going to get, you know, uh, my household help claim? Well, what do I do next? I think, you know, in the, in the you know, next five to 10 years, I, I still find, I think there's going to be relevance for, for humans and those types of interactions. You know, the, the total loss fire claims where there's so many different things to, for an insured to navigate through. I, I think they're still going to want to reach out and have somebody, you know, face-to-face -face or over the phone or on a Zoom call that they can, you know, read that body language and build that level of trust that they're getting, you know, right. the response that, that they need. So, yeah, yeah, no, those, those are all really, really good points. Uh, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's going to be really interesting to see how things evolve. You know, at some point in the next five or 10 years, yeah. hopefully you and I will be retired and, you know, <laughs> sitting on a beach in Florida somewhere. But yeah. it will be interesting to see, you know, how, how the, uh, you know, future generations, you know, step into these roles and continue to grow these companies and, and build on, you know, the successes that we're seeing today. So, so, hey, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, but nice to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining. And uh, to the audience, if you're interested in being a guest, please visit secondlook.net and hit the podcast button. Thank you for listening to Insurance Claims Innovation. Are you interested in being a guest on our show? We would love to have you. Visit us at go.secondlook.net slash podcast dash guest. Please share Insurance Claims Innovation with others on social media and provide rave reviews about our guests. The goal of Insurance Claims Innovation is to showcase others in the insurance claims arena who are using cutting-edge technology to gain a competitive advantage. Follow us at Insurance Claims Innovation and subscribe to our podcast. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Second Look Inc., Interested in learning more? Stop by our website at www.secondlook.net. Again, thank you for joining us today. My name is Chris Tidball, and I hope you found this to be time well spent.